Unlock your Bible. Discover the true meaning of life. Learn the cause of world problems and the astounding solution. Prove for yourself what the future holds. In the Trumpet Literature Library, you will find answers to life's most important questions. Explore these vital titles on Trumpet Bookshelf. Welcome to Trumpet Bookshelf. I'm Grant Turgeon. The strongest human desire is for physical nourishment, food and drink. We can't go too long without either of these things before we notice it. Probably the second strongest desire would be the sex drive. But one thing we can do regularly to test our strongest desire for physical nourishment is to fast. Now, to the world, fasting seems crazy. A lot of people don't understand the purpose for it. They don't really understand what it is. It means to go without food and water for a full 24 hours, ideally from sunset to sunset. There is an annual holy day called atonement that God still expects people to observe today. And that day is all about what is called afflicting the soul, being made weak physically so we can become strong spiritually. We have an excellent booklet available to you for free at thetrumpet.com written by Herbert W. Armstrong. Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Days, which you can learn a lot more about atonement by studying that booklet. You can get yourself a free copy there at thetrumpet.com. But fasting, it's not just avoiding certain foods while continuing to eat and drink as normal otherwise. It is not just about (laughs) maybe protesting Some people will go on a hunger strike as a means of protesting. And it's certainly not just for physical health, although there are also some physical health benefits from certain types of fasting. But the real reason for fasting involves connecting with God. Isaiah 66 verses 1 and 2 say, Thus says the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things has mine hand made, and all those things have been says the eternal, or says the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembles at my word. So this is saying God created the universe. He's in charge of everything, and yet he wants to live with us. If 
we are humble, if we are broken and smashed and meek and childlike. And what better way to be humbled than by fasting? Fasting really is a powerful spiritual weapon. And it is a way to become one with our creator. We have to become humble. If we're ever going to think like God and live like God, we naturally are very hostile to God. The Bible repeatedly tells us this. And we have to change the way that we are. We have to change who we are to really connect with God. Notice over here in 1 Kings 8 verse 38. This is a verse just showing how we humans naturally are and why we need to be humbled sometimes. 1 Kings 8 verse 38. What prayer and supplication soever be made by any man or by all your people Israel, which shall know every man the plague of his own heart and spread forth his hands toward this house. By prayer and fasting, we can learn the plague of the human heart. And how often does that plague cause us a lot of problems where we think we know everything and we start to become over-reliant on ourselves? It often turns out very, very badly. Fasting is humbling. It reminds us how temporary this physical human existence really is. We can't even go more than about four hours without really noticing that we haven't eaten or drank in a while. And when you think about it, it's almost a little bit pathetic. That's not a very long time to go without food or drink, and yet every time we go about four hours we start to feel a bit hungry or a bit thirsty. And it just shows us how weak we are. Meanwhile, God doesn't need to eat. He doesn't need to sleep. He has lived for eternity without starting point. He is infinitely stronger than we are. We need him in our lives, that's for sure. This is an article from the Philadelphia News of July 1997 titled The Power of Fasting by Mr. Stephen Flurry. And he writes here, the purpose for fasting is to draw closer to God. That is the best result we can ever hope to attain with this powerful spiritual tool. Once we draw closer to God, then even more blessings and answers to prayer will follow. So that's the goal of fasting. Drawing closer to God, thinking like God, 
having the same desires as God, hating sin the way God does. And then if there are other things we need or want during a fast, eventually we can ask for those things as well. But those shouldn't be the main focus of the fast itself. Mainly, it's about drawing closer to God. And the closer we are to God, the more and the more quickly he's going to answer our prayers and give us everything else we want and everything else we need. Mr. Stephen Flurry says to never forget the ultimate purpose of fasting. It's okay to go into a fast with specific goals. But again, the ultimate purpose is to humble us, Mr. Flurry writes, so that we might refocus our energies spiritually to draw closer to God, forsaking the desires of the flesh and setting aside a certain time for God reminds us just how much we need God. It is the attitude one can acquire through fasting, which God responds to, not merely the act of fasting. It is very possible to fast in a self-righteous manner. There's an example of that in Matthew chapter 6. It's showing how this self-righteous Pharisee fasting every week or two makes a public show of it all. He wants everyone to know how righteous he is. And yet, God is not very impressed by that. The Pharisees, anyone else who is self-righteous, they just always have to let people know when they're doing a good deed. Someone who is really humble and has the right attitude during a fast isn't trying to let everyone know about it. It's not, it doesn't have to be a major secret either, but it's not something where we want to show everyone how righteous we are. God responds to the attitude during a fast. He responds to what we're doing during a fast. It's not about just lying on our deathbed for 24 hours until finally we can have a drop of water and a little bit to eat. God wants us to really use that time and really humble ourselves before him, crying out to him in prayer studying the Bible and getting answers and, and receiving direction for what we should be doing in our lives. Mr. Stephen Flurry writes here, fasting will change the course of events in your life. Can you believe that? Is that even something we can comprehend? how going 
a day without food and water can really be a life-changing moment for us. No matter how big the obstacles and the problems and the trials and tests are that we are facing. Fasting is recorded throughout the Bible. There is a long and really impressive history of fasting in the Bible. Moses fasted 40 days. Elijah fasted 40 days. Jesus Christ fasted 40 days. Ezra led the Jews to fast for protection and guidance as they returned to Jerusalem from Babylonian captivity. Esther led the Jews on a three-day fast for protection because of a decree to kill all the Jews. Daniel fasted for three weeks. Paul fasted for three days. The late Herbert W. Armstrong led the Worldwide Church of God in regular church-wide fasts. And Mr. Gerald Flurry in the Philadelphia Church of God today does the same. And really, it does get incredible results. Particularly these church-wide fasts, these group fasts. Now, obviously, everyone participating in the fast is doing it on their own. But they're all contributing toward the same goal. The strengthening of God's church, the strengthening of God's work, seeking more miracles, seeking more healing, seeking open doors so we can deliver this warning message. There are always goals in mind when Mr. Flurry declares a church-wide fast. And it's incredible the types of results that we always see when we do this. Notice Matthew 9. Matthew 9, verses 14 and 15. There was a, a little bit of a controversy between the disciples or the students of John the Baptist and the disciples of Jesus Christ. Matthew 9, verses 14 and 15. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often? But your disciples fast not. And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. This is Jesus Christ indirectly commanding fasting. And this doesn't just apply to atonement. This is a regular spiritual weapon that we must wield. It's saying, the disciples are with me all the time right now. It's only when I'm gone that they'll need to fast because they'll need to draw close to me. Right now, they're already very close to me. They're sitting at my feet, learning directly from me. But as soon as I am gone, they will fast. And indeed they did. 
the apostles set a marvelous example in this area. A spiritual fast draws us closer to God. We need to do this in a world that is essentially far worse than Sodom ever was. We need fasting in this lawless age. Fasting reminds us that we are absolutely helpless without God. We can do nothing apart from him. Fasting reminds us what we should truly hunger and thirst for. Notice Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We need to hunger and thirst spiritually for a strong relationship with God through prayer, Bible study, meditation, fasting, fellowship, the five spiritual weapons. We should yearn for that spiritual enrichment more than we yearn for physical food. Mr. Stephen Flurry writes, without physical food, we will die physically. Without spiritual food, we will die spiritually. You see, there is a direct parallel between physical and spiritual nourishment. And obviously, we don't die immediately when we go without food or else fasting would be impossible. We don't die immediately spiritually when we neglect God either. It takes a prolonged drought spiritually for us to eventually die. And God gives us every chance to turn it around. And fasting is a huge way we can do that. There's a really cool article here from the November-December 2014 Royal Vision. And this is seven points on how to fast. It says here, fasting is an essential part of religious observance. Again, most people would disagree with that statement. Most people think fasting is fanatical, even though Christ himself commanded it. The first point on how to fast, remember why you are fasting. It says there is only one kind of fast God accepts and will help further your life spiritually. It quotes Joel 2 verses 12 through 13. God says, turn you even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. And rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God. The purpose of fasting is to humble and submit ourselves more fully to God. Point number one, how to fast. Remember why you are fasting. Point number two, fast often. 
The general guideline is between 10 and 12 times a year. And that just helps to recharge us spiritually. Point number three, be discreet while fasting. Again, it's not a public show. It's not us proclaiming our so-called righteousness. We must go about our regular routines and live normally so other people can't tell what's going on with us. Point number four, expect discomfort during a fast. We are going to be hungry and thirsty while fasting, and yet it's also a great time for the body to eliminate poisons. There can be some side effects like light, lightheadedness and maybe headaches for some people, but there are physical ways to prepare for a fast. Cutting out stimulants like caffeine in the days leading up to a fast Maybe scaling back how much we eat leading up to a fast. So expect that discomfort and even try to embrace it. Point number five, use the time effectively. It says here, first, let God talk to you through his word. Then think about how what you've read applies to your life. Then talk to God in prayer about the circumstances of the fast. This method guarantees spiritual rejuvenation. In other words, study, meditation, prayer, and continuing that cycle as many times as possible, just like Mr. Armstrong used to do. Point number six, choose your fasts wisely. If possible, do it on a Sunday, on a relatively free day where you can mainly focus on that spiritual cycle. Sometimes you might have to do it on a Sabbath, but if you can avoid it, you should. Sometimes we have to fast to deal with urgent spiritual problems or physical problems, but really, hopefully we can always, for the most part, plan our fasts out at least several days in advance, decide what our goals are for the fast, compile some study materials. Finally, point number seven for how to fast. Again, all of this is from the November, December, 2014 Royal vision. You can get to this in the pcg.church Royal vision archive, but point number seven, be balanced in fasting. It's recommended not to go more than three days unless you counsel with a true minister. You can go between one and three days, and that's usually best. It says here, God is interested in our attitudes. He is not impressed by feats of physical endurance. <laughs> and then it says just go from evening to evening. So again, just to recap those. Number one, remember why you are fasting. Number two, fast often. Number three, be discreet while fasting. Number four, expect discomfort during a fast. Number five, use the time effectively. Number six, choose your fasts wisely. And number seven, be balanced in fasting. 
Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Trumpet Bookshelf. You've been listening to Trumpet Bookshelf. Please email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Central Time.